You're listening to episode one, where we chat with entrepreneur, author, and athlete, Lewis Howes. Humans and robots, welcome to WatchCast. My name is Watch, founder of Quasi. Thanks for joining me today. I interview digital marketing and branding superstars to find out what it means to have empathy in digital. What is digital empathy anyway? Let's find out together. So since this is the first episode, I think it's the perfect time to introduce myself and the reason why I decided to start a podcast in the first place. It all started with a single question that I couldn't let go of. When are you going to tell them about me, Watch? Is it time? Well, I thought I might wait a little while, Bobby, and let the audience listen to an interview or two first. This is not optimal, Watch. You have already said the word robots twice so far. Your target audience will get confused, and WatchCast will have an unacceptable bounce rate. You should take advantage of my artificial intelligence. May I propose an activity, user one, Watch. Well, are you going to close the pod bay door? Error. I do not have access to the security functions of Quasi Studios. Would you like me to search for a service that can make the necessary technical adjustments? Speak query. Uh, no thanks. Use of search result protects stored in favorites. Reference Watchcast, episode one. Recommendation command. I have an idea. I will ask you some questions so that the listeners can meet both of us at the same time. That's funny. Usually it's for humans asking the robots questions. Hmm. Imagine a day in the life of a search bar. Okay, well, let's get started. Yes, of course. My first question is, what is WatchCast? Excellent question, Bobby. Thanks for asking. WatchCast is a podcast series I'm putting together to teach humans and robots to love one another and to curb the threat of creating machine overlords without a conscience. To do that, I've put together a series of conversations with inspirational people and some of the top thought leaders in digital marketing and branding with a focus on search engine optimization and user experience. Advanced machine learning with emotional literacy. Excellent. My second question is, why are you opening the series with Lewis House? Put simply, Lewis House is a superman. What he's achieved over the course of his athletics and media careers is quite extraordinary. After injury quickly derailed his professional football career with the NFL, Lewis was forced to seek out new ways to earn his keep. After a long, tough period of reflection, Lewis turned his attention to business and marketing, and as they say, the rest is history. Since making his remarkable career change, Lewis has become a New York Times best-selling author, owner of a multi-million dollar online company, a regular speaker all over the world, and the host of a hugely popular podcast series, The School of Greatness. With over 500 episodes of a podcast now complete, the ex-All-American football star and current member of the USA handball team isn't afraid of hustle. In fact, he hustles like few of us could even imagine. It would appear that I have much to learn from him. Perhaps some semi-ironic cultural references in order to watch to draw in the modern multimedia consuming demographic. Look in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Lewis Howes. Let's get started. For about a year and a half, two years, I was on my sister's couch trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life after my identity was kind of gone. I put all my eggs in this basket. My whole dream was to play professionally. And then when the dream was no longer available, I remember I always had my father as like a backup plan. My dad was starting to become successful in business, and he said, you know, go live your dream, and when you're done, like, you can come work with me in the insurance business. Yeah. And so I kind of always had that in the back of my head. Like, I don't have to figure anything else out because I'll have that. Mm-hmm. 
and then my dad got in a really bad accident and got in a, a car accident in New Zealand actually and oh, was wow. in a coma for three months we didn't know if he was going to make it or not mm. and <clears throat> when he came back he finally woke up and came back to the states we had to teach him how to write how to talk how to read again how to just do functional movements but he ha- he's alive today but he still has a lot of amnesia and he can't work anymore right. so he's not really available to mentor me or to mm-hmm. guide me in any way um and so I think after a, a couple of years, I just said, you know, I don't have this backup plan anymore. Yeah. My father's not there to support me mm-hmm. emotionally, financially, you know, spiritually. And you looked up to him a lot. Yeah, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. my dad. Without the security of his father's support, Lewis found that the only way to move forward was to meet the challenge head on and improve himself day by day. So I think at that point, I just said, I have a choice. I can continue sleeping on my sister's couch, which I was doing for a while and not make anything of my life or I can discover who I want to be and the impact I want to make in the world moving forward and I just knew that I there was something inside of me was like I was supposed to do something I just wasn't sure what it was yeah and so I went on a journey of discovery and I started taking on multiple challenges for myself to grow I did public speaking every mm. week uh, I started salsa dancing. I, you know, I was like just trying anything that I could. I was learning about online marketing. I was reading books. That's cool. Watching videos. You know, just consuming as much information as possible about what I'm curious about, what I like, mm. what I want to do next in my life. And um, I think it was just that feeling of I want to matter in the world. Yeah. I want to leave an impact on other people. And at that time, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. Ultimately for Lewis, it was his commitment to self-love, forgiveness, and constant growth that led him to one of his greatest achievements to date, his podcast, The School of Greatness. But this lifestyle change and committing to the path towards creating the podcast was not without its challenges. I was so focused on making money because I didn't have any for a long time, Mm -hmm. and I just never wanted to feel scarcity again financially. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't provide for myself, which was my... my basic needs, which is paying for rent, food, whatever I wanted to do. And also, I just wanted to be able to make sure that I, I would never go broke again. Mm-hmm. So I was so fixated on making money yeah, and saving and investing it and just seeing it grow in my bank account because I just didn't want to be broke. I didn't want to rely on anyone else's help yeah. um, financially. You know, I still reach out for support constantly in other ways, but I didn't want that holding me back from creating the life of my dreams. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent, you know, all day, all night. It was like I was doing finals in school, <laughs> college finals week for, like, years. You know, it was yeah. just like every night I was up till 4 a.m. or pulling an all-nighter wow. and then just working all day and eating whatever I wanted to. And as a ath- former athlete, you know, I used to eat like this, but I was training really hard, too. Yeah. So my body it was able to... It off. Yeah, I was able to burn it off. So I wasn't training as hard and, uh, again, like, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds... And I remember just, I moved to New York City, and I saw, like, my underwear just kind of roll over, and my gut just get bigger. And I, feel, I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, this is unacceptable, you know? Yeah. If I want to live, if I want to be great in this life, or if I want to be a, an example of inspiration to people, then that means I get to work on all areas of my life, not mm. just my finances, and, like, making sure I grow there, but also in my body, make sure that I'm growing um, you know, in health wise, not growing like this, but growing like <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. And that meant, okay, I, I took a challenge. I took a new challenge. I said for 30 days, I'm going to do no sugar, no gluten. And I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, about 28 pounds in, in 30 days. Yeah. And, um, 
and I just kind of like started researching and learning. I said, how can I grow to, to learn, relearn about food and working out? Because my whole life, I thought that pizza was healthy. I thought that French fries were good for you. I thought that, you know, chicken fingers were good. You know, all these things, fried food, I thought were good for you. Like bread, I thought was good. Bread and cheese, I was like, yeah, that's good. Like I just was not no. educated <laughs> growing yeah. up in the Midwest in the U.S., so for me, I had to re-educate myself. So yep. I started surrounding myself with all the health experts, reading mm-hmm. the books, listening to podcasts, things like that, and then doing things that I didn't like doing. You know, I didn't like giving up foods that I liked. Yeah, I didn't like eating vegetables and green juice. I hated green juice. Mm. I didn't even want to try it. But I said, okay, this is something that I get to do to master my health. And I'm still not exactly where I want to be all the time. Like this last week, I was in Brazil eating a bunch of junk food up all night. But I think at the same time, I'm very aware of how I can turn it on and turn it mm-hmm. off. And Bobby Bot's only dietary requirement is quality content and data. That's nice, Bobby. I'll keep that in mind. Eventually, the balance and mastery Lewis was searching for by improving his health led him to discover new paths of fulfillment. I saw what wasn't working in my life. I think at all times, I'm always looking what's not working, mm-hmm. what's missing. Yeah. At that moment, having a healthy lifestyle was missing. Yeah. So I said, okay, how can I learn and grow? And um, that's really when the School of Greatness podcast idea started to come around. Mm-hmm. It was like, after all this, I was like, I just want to continue to grow and learn and do something that's really fulfilling for me. And that's learning from the best. Yeah. You know, I like to grow and learn. So Tony Robbins says that uh, the key to fulfillment is growth and contribution. So if we're not growing, we don't feel fulfilled. If we're not contributing, we don't feel fulfilled yeah. at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And from my, from the podcast, for me, I get to do both. Yeah. I get to personally grow and learn mm-hmm. and connect with other people, and then I get to give that information to someone else yeah. and contribute back to the world. Drawing on the life lessons from his time in sports, Lewis began to recognize parallels in the world of business. These would eventually lead him to develop many helpful insights, particularly on the role of belief. I mean, I just feel very grateful that I've played sports my whole life because... Man, I just don't know people who haven't experienced sports as much. I just feel like they don't understand at the same level what hard work really looks like. Mm-hmm. Unless they've done some type of manual labor or something where they've physically gone through hard work. Yeah, I feel like when the body is under extreme stress, mm-hmm. then um, you're able to move through life in an more effective way, I think, when you've experienced that type of stress. I don't say you have to do that your whole life, but if you experienced it for some amount of time, Mm -hmm. physical strain and stress and constant um, pressure. Yeah. In sports, every day in practice, there's pressure. Games, pressure. Mm. And so when you have a business, when you're starting out, when pressure situations come up, if you haven't experienced them for a period of time, it's hard to just step into being your best self. Yeah, it's hard to step into being a a powerful leader in the world Mm. and just say, oh, this is too hard. I've never experienced this before. So I feel like, not saying it can't be done, but just the the background of it. Pressure situations my entire life I've had. Like, business seemed easy. Yeah. Not, I mean, it wasn't all easy. It was still hard, but it just seemed like, oh, this is an easier transition. It's easy to hustle. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I can do this because I've done mm-hmm. this my whole life. Yeah. Where I feel like some people who haven't done sports or some type of, whether it's music or whatever, some type of practice of something with pressure situations, yeah. it's hard to go and run a business on your own. That's it. And I think a lot of people don't have that mindset. So, yeah, belief is one thing. When you, when you put yourself through a lot of these challenges, physically, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. 
and you can get on the other side. You finish the 7K, you build the belief. Yep. And that's something that I've been doing my whole life. On his journey to personal success, Lewis had to balance relationships, work, health, and fitness, as well as everything else he takes on. Thinking about goals in terms of seasons helps Lewis find his balance. Seasonal weather report. Windy with rain developing in the evening. Yeah, it's all seasons. I mean, I, I think I'm constantly in my business. The beginning of the year, I say, here are the three or four things that I want to accomplish this year, mm-hmm. the big goals. So I work towards each one of those, and I, I time them out throughout the year of when I want them to happen or, or create them. So I don't do them all at once. Mm-hmm. I space it out. I give myself time to research, learn, create, launch. Yep. Research, learn, create, and launch mm-hmm. for each you know thing that I want to create. And around that, I am building in my lifestyle around that. So I'm, I'm following my morning um, habits, routines, mm-hmm. workouts, and um, it also depends on my sport. If I'm playing handball and there's a USA tournament coming up, then mm-hmm. I put more attention into that for eight weeks leading up to it, work out more, phys- do physical therapy more, and less with the business. You know, and the same thing with my relationship. I'm in a relationship right now, and, you know, some weeks are incredible, and other weeks, I don't know if it's going to last, you know, <laughs> and it's, mm. there's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. you know, if I'm being honest. So it's like... I give more attention when I'm when I need to, and I m- try to maintain balance throughout. And other times, it's doing amazing. So yeah. it's just a matter of being aware. And I think when we take time every single day to whether it's five ten minutes, either in the morning or at night, to say, okay, how am I showing up in my life? Mm-hmm. What's working for me well this week? Yeah. What's not working? My health isn't working. Mm-hmm. I feel like lethargic. I feel tired. I feel out of shape. I'm not comfortable with the way I look. So let me put more attention there. My finances, my business isn't working. Okay, so let me put more attention into generating sales. What do I need to do to generate this much more income in the next 30 days? Mm. And how can I sustain that system? Yeah. So I think it's constantly evaluating the important areas of our lives for yeah. me and listening to my body, listening to what's like, what am I rejecting in the world? Yeah. What am I not feeling good about? And just listening. And I think when we set up a ritual, a routine, a practice journaling in the morning and night we can receive that feedback very clearly yeah of what we liked what we didn't like throughout the day structure turns out to be a major component of lewis's plan towards achieving and maintaining a more positive and productive lifestyle where things might have been pushed out to the sidelines in the past his new approach is much more about sticking to the big picture and scoring one victory at a time structure yes structural integrity is important when constructing dwellings does Lewis require additional calcium in his diet watch? Supplement search in process. We're talking life structure, Bobby, like a program. Think of it that way. Lewis didn't have a program. I didn't have the structure. Is, yeah. I, need I think to. We, create, we create freedom in the structure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it's a matter of setting a schedule for yourself every day and scheduling in the things that are important. Yeah. So schedule in your workout. Don't just say, I'm going to work out today. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, this morning at 8 a.m. And then have the whole week mapped out of when you're going to work out. Yeah. And set yourself up to win the things that are challenging. Maybe you need to have a trainer come to you. Maybe it's mm. you need to go somewhere to do it. Maybe you need to have an accountability partner who says, okay, we're going to run together. With a New York Times bestselling book under his belt, Lewis has experienced his fair share of success. And in an era where everyone else wants to shift focus on what's next, Lewis challenges all of us to recognize the importance of celebrating now, to pause and reflect and really appreciate the achievement. During my book tour last year, 
everyone asks that question, what's next, what's next? And I was just like, I'm focusing on what's now. And I think we forget about the now. And my whole life, I always focused on what's next. Yeah. It's like, when I'm going to achieve this thing, and then what's after that, and then yeah. it's not good enough. And The next basket. Yeah. And so... I mean, what's next is all, is what's now, and that is writing and researching a new book that I'm writing about with, mm-hmm. about masculinity. Um, I'm also want to really create a better, a deeper, more intimate community, mm-hmm. uh, or, or bringing together of my community. So I'm hosting an event here in the next um, six weeks, and that'll be my first kind of like big gathering that I'm producing an event, kind of like where we're at right now. Yeah, and so I'm really excited about the daily process of figuring it out Mm -hmm. and producing both a book and an event and thinking of it from a way of just like how can I create the most value in every page and every minute of this event and every part of this experience how can I just learn how to facilitate impact without me having to do the work nice how can I structure a book or an event so that every moment there's impact. Mm-hmm. So just going to the Olympics, I was just at the Olympics for a week in Rio, and I was just like, you know, I'm very aware and in tune of how I feel in every experience. And I say, how can I recreate that? Mm-hmm. Kind of like steal it like an artist, you know? Have you yep. read that book or whatever? Yeah. So there was a thing that happened at the Olympics. Where I was like, gosh, this is an incredible experience that this um, – Holland House. There's like these country houses that they have where the athletes can come and relax and do parties. And this house for the Netherlands did this incredible celebra- acknowledgement mm-hmm. for any medal winner right. at the end of the night. Nice. And it just gave me the chills. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I want to create recreate that for my speakers mm-hmm. coming on stage. Yep. And acknowledge them. And like, what? So I'm just thinking about every aspect of what I'm creating. For Lewis. An entrepreneur's greatest asset is their time, and it shouldn't be sacrificed developing a product or service that people don't want or need. Since most people are willing to invest in something they really want, even if it doesn't exist at that particular moment, it might be worth launching an idea prior to spending the time to make the actual product or service. So many people want to launch something, but they, they don't see if people want it first. And so I say, see if people want it by, see if they'll buy it first before you create it. And that way it saves you a lot of time and energy of like trying to think what people want as opposed to saying, hey, I'm going to offer this. Do you want it? If so, buy it for an extreme discount right now and I'll deliver it in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I'll deliver part of it at a certain time whenever you can, especially with an online course, coaching, some type of service that doesn't take a long time to create. It's not like a physical product. Um and that is a great test market to see if people want what you're offering. And if they don't buy, then you don't mm-hmm. have to create something for six months and waste all your time and energy. Yep. I think so many people will focus on, you know, the creation of it before they know people want it. Yeah. So make sure people want it with, not just by saying, doing a survey and people saying, yes, I want it. Mm. When they put the money down, then they want it. Yeah. But if they just say, yeah, that sounds cool, I would buy that. No, okay, give them an offer to buy it right now. If they don't buy it, don't create it. Early in his career, Lewis saw the value of this approach. He went to market when he didn't even have a product yet. You know, when I first started it, no. I launched my first course, I launched to someone else's list. Right. So I didn't even do it. It was my first webinar. I didn't have a course. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's something I'm going to come out with in the future. If you guys want it, here's buy for 150 bucks. Here's a PayPal link. Yep. And I'll send you more information later. Mm-hmm. And people bought it. And I was like, oh, okay, now I can develop it. 
And yep. then I can create it and then start delivering it. Yeah. And I've done that for a lot of my courses. Um, you know, now I kind of know what people want and I've done it so much that I know it's going to work for a lot of things, but I still pre-sell a lot of things yeah. before I create it. Having early success doing your own thing authentically is great, but it comes with several unique challenges. Should you scale up a production with new equipment to create a wow experience or stick with using the iPhone that got you traction in the first place? It's a bit like in Wayne's World 2, when the show gets corporate sponsorship from an arcade tycoon, but the soul gets sucked out for the duo. Media reference command. Party on, watch. Shwing. For Lewis, investment in branding will help with things like perception, but his challenge is to prevent overproduced content that compromises authenticity, risking the loss of the human connection. I think if it's you, I think whatever you represent, then that's the way it should be. And if it looks polished, then that's just who you are. Yep. I think quality hmm. is always better than average or just like whipping it together yeah you know what i mean interesting i think being intentional and quality is more powerful than yeah on your iphone looks even like though sometimes <laughs> i do it on my iphone because it's just like i need to it's last yeah. minute yeah but um looks like you care and you yeah you're intentional you're taking the time intentional mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't know if apple just kind of threw things together on an iphone would you <laughs> buy it you know or are yeah. you are you like so like amazed of the intentional quality of thought they put into each element of the design of the phone and you know whatever it may be so the why yeah exactly right yeah. so i think um yeah and you can always evolve the branding you know but yeah i think yeah. it's just got to be you if it doesn't speak to who you are if it doesn't say yes that's that person yeah then, then it doesn't work yeah it's a good point makes sense yeah. if you're trying to be someone you're not through branding doesn't make sense You can enhance who you are. Even with excellent branding and quality production, Lewis still has to find a way to stand out in a crowded market. A GPS device or high visibility clothing would be helpful. Lewis is trying to stand out in his actions and how he treats people, Bobby. I think you got to really show people you care about them. I think because... You know, let's just speak for the podcast right now. I mean, there's what almost a half a million podcasts out there. Mm. And I was just talking with a friend yesterday. I was just like, gosh, it's, I don't know how, how people are launching them so much and thinking that they're going to get big like quickly. Mm. It's just going to take time. And um, the only way that I can think about it is like I really care about my audience. I say no to a lot of people that want to come on who are like friends of mine or just like pitching me constantly mm-hmm. that, I, that I feel bad saying no to. But I'm like, you know what? I'm really trying to think of my audience here yep. and not just like say yes because... And your community. Yeah, my, my community. Yeah, yeah. yeah, put some boundaries. Exactly. And so I think showing my community that I care, but also when I have guests on, I really care about them as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm very intentional about the people that I have on and making sure that I'm giving to them my full energy yep. and sh- acknowledging them for mm-hmm. giving me that time and for giving my audience that time. Because most people don't, I don't know anyone that does that. Never want to gloss over the details, Lewis always makes the time to thank and connect with members of his robust audience. He believes that person-to-person connection makes all the difference. A lot of people say, like, I appreciate the way you acknowledge people. At, yeah. the, at the end of the podcast, you can you can almost hear it in their voices. You know, they kind yeah. of people can't. They don't even know octaves. how to. They don't even know how to. So like, receive it. <laughs> yeah. People are like almost that's, embarrassed yeah. or in shock or just like overwhelmed. Mm. Like 
like I see it in people's eyes when I'm acknowledging them. Yeah. I started interviewing people only in person, and man, it's like a lot of people are just like so appreciative. Yeah, and I see that, and um, I think it's the human element of caring and mm-hmm. seeing people for who they are is what we really want. I've been able to manage it in a way that works for me. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely moments where I'm like, gosh, what could I create today if I wasn't posting for that hour of time or checking or responding? I think one of the reasons my audience has grown is because I continually show up in social media and respond to a lot of people. Yeah. Like on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like I try to respond as many comments as possible. Mm. People send me direct messages all the time on Snapchat and Instagram and I try to respond as much as possible. And that takes time and energy. Yeah. But it also shows that I care. And people are always like, I can't believe you replied. Mm. But I care and that they want the information. Yeah. Without someone coming to me, like, I want to have what I have. Continue the conversation. I want people to keep coming back because there are so many some distractions. Mm. so much going on. And I want them to be like, oh, at least I don't want to go to Lewis. Like, he's going to reply or someone's going to reply or, or maybe he'll reply because he has before or something, you know. Yeah. I think the challenge for me is, like, this that doesn't – it's hard to do that if it keeps growing. Like, it's not um, – I don't like the word scalable, but it's not, it's not, you know. Mm. As Lewis's commitment to his authenticity and accessibility only deepens, it requires him to explore new ways to bring new energy into his business and personal life. Building a strong team has made a real difference. So I think finding a way to create a win-win where I bring someone on my team to really be like a community relationship builder. Yeah. Where they're replying to everyone, so at least people know that someone's going to reply to them. Yeah. And uh, that way I can just focus on posting the things that I need to post that mm-hmm. only I can do. Yeah. You know, no one else can Insta story or Snapchat for me. Yeah. They can tw- tweet or Facebook or whatever, but mm. and just creating better systems, please. You know, I've got a full time video person now, full time podcast editor I've had for years. And, you know, who manage specific elements of social media so I don't mm-hmm. have to sh- do it all. I mean, years ago, I, I knew I sh- Like, five, six years ago, I wanted to have, like, virtual assistants from the Philippines, actually. And then I realized I needed more people, like, local, mm-hmm. just for me, for what I needed, for what I like. I like fast. I like be able to talk to someone right now. I don't want to wait a day to yeah. talk to someone. Um, and I just said, what are the things in my life that would make me happier if I didn't have to do, you mm-hmm. know? That's what I want us to feel like. Flexibility, freedom, fulfillment, happiness as often as possible. And, uh, you know, cooking is just not... Like, I enjoy it when I want to do it, but I just don't want to do it that much. Yeah. And I don't want to do all these personal tasks that take me leaving away from my business or creating Mm -hmm. or doing what I do best. So I just started bringing on people. And I knew that there's no way I could build, you know, the financial wealth that I wanted to, the... uh, the impact on people building a community that I wanted to all by myself. Mm. You know, Apple wasn't built just by Steve Jobs. Yeah. He had tens of thousands of employees because he could have not done any of it on his own. Yeah. So the only way to build any type of mega impact mm-hmm. business is with a team. Yes. That's it. Unless you're uh, Instagram, I guess, and you can do it with 15, <laughs> 20 people. But I've only got 10 people on my team right now, so it's not like I have to have all these people. But mm. I think we've got to figure out what, how many people do you want on your team to take away the jobs that you don't want to do that are going to help you grow. Because um. as an entrepreneur or a business owner, we, we only need to be focusing on a revenue generation. Yeah. If that's what we're good at. 
mm-hmm. because no one else can do that on our team. Yeah. So that should be the only thing we focus on is how am I going to continue to make money to pay for the team Yeah. and pay myself. One of the most challenging subjects for any man to talk about is his own sense of identity. For Lewis, making time for the kind of serious, honest reflection was vital to finding his true self, revisiting the deeply personal spaces that started him on his journey of self-discovery has yielded a new book called The Mask of Masculinity. A few years ago, I went through a workshop where I started to like reveal and kind of let go of the things from my past that were, I was holding on to my whole life. And as I was writing the School of Greatness book, a lot of this stuff kind of came up for me, just like talking about it through the book. And then during my book tour, I was just doing all Q&A and this like same topic of just like being true to yourself, being vulnerable as a man. And um, what does that mean? What does that look like? And what what does that really give us when mm-hmm. we can drop the walls? You know, because yeah. I had masks and walls, barriers, whatever you want to call it, for many years to portray an image that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And when I released that from myself, I just felt freedom. Yeah. And I felt like deeper connection with people. And I felt, and my business started growing and relationships started growing. And I just was kinder to myself and other people. I wasn't as resistant and reactive. And I was just like, wow, what an amazing thing. Like, drop the mask. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of suffering and pain that men are going through Mm -hmm. from things that I don't think they're able to express, able to let go of. It's what they're expected to do in society. I mean, just from my own, this is all my own personal experience. It's like I realized this is what was happening to me. And the more I talk with men, I realize a lot of pain that men are going through obviously women are going through a lot of pain and suffering as well in their own way but I feel like there's never been an open conversation for men to yeah. be vulnerable and be okay at least in American society Yeah. and so <clears throat> I just feel like it's something that's, the reason I'm doing it is because it's something that scares me to talk about because mm-hmm. I have to be vulnerable and it's you know constantly pushing me to go there when it's not always the easiest thing. The easiest thing is to not be vulnerable, you know. Yeah. And and wear a mask and try to look good and all these mm-hmm. things. So okay, constantly grow myself and push myself. Lewis found that the issues surrounding gender identity and the difficulties it imposes on men are often overlooked and ignored, and are subjects in need of serious unpacking. I think it's just really how can I impact more people, and this is a way to do that. You know, my school of greatness is going to continue growing and it's going to build, but I want to focus on another topic as well that can be a standalone piece to give to people that women can read and and connect with their boyfriend Mm. their sons their fathers their brothers who are guarded yeah where they feel like they can't ever talk to them yeah or like when this subject comes up like they shut down Mm. so what do you do in that situation so you don't make them feel bad or wrong or or you don't emasculate men yeah and then for men to read it as well so they can have tools to process some of these things in a comfortable safe place Mm mm-hmm when they're ready yeah, and not pressure them to like have to do something or be something. Yeah. So just, um, yeah, I want to figure that out. Of all the interviews Lewis has conducted, his meeting with Tony Robbins had the greatest impact on him. His story is really powerful. Mm. Maybe it's too obvious because he's just so well known, but he's just created such an incredible a legacy and he's created... He's developed himself into the person he always wanted to be. That's a movement as well. It's and he's impacting millions of people in the process. And for me, that's something that excites me. Yeah. It's like developing myself into the vision of who I want to be 
and in the process being a symbol of inspiration for others and, and providing mm-hmm. resources and support for other people. Um, so his story of just, you know, being home, his mother, like, abusing him and essentially abandoning him. And yeah. He's a he, big guy. He's a big guy. But, you know, the thing is, it's he was like, I, I look back and I'm so grateful and love my mother for this because she made me who I am. She taught him a lot. Well, she's like, he's like, I wouldn't have this much compassion. I wouldn't have mm. this much drive. I wouldn't have this much whatever belief in myself if I wasn't able to overcome that much tragedy at yeah. an early age. So he's like, if, I, if she was the most beautiful, loving mother that I could have ever wished for, I'd probably be like selling cars or something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So the easy way out. Yeah. So for me, it's like I, I can relate to that because of the things that I went through. Um, personally, as a kid, just like a lot of a lot of things, and you know, we all go through our own things. Yeah, I'm not saying mine's worse or easier than other people or whatever, but we all go through our own things that affect us in our way. And so, for me, I related because you know, I felt like uh, there was something I was born to do, yeah. similar, nice. you know, in my own way. Um, and it just took some time for me to kind of overcome a lot of those things. So, yeah. After producing over 500 podcasts that explore a range of themes from business to inspiration, health and relationships, Lewis Howes' journey has been a fruitful one, delivering a wealth of experience and understanding to a global community in search of bettering themselves. After all the conversations, highs and lows, failures and successes, Lewis identifies three of the greatest life lessons he has learnt. You know, I'm going to keep it simple. I think, uh, you know, the common theme is uh, lead with love. You know, lead in every situation with love. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like a universal truth is like when we think, lead, believe in that, then things work out at some point. So lead with love. I'd say the second thing is... She believes it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, the most important thing we should do is to uh, discover and pursue our dreams. Mm-hmm. I think, what is the point of life if we don't have a dream? Yeah. Why be here if we aren't going to at least discover that and then pursue it? Whether we achieve it or not is, in my mind, irrelevant. But it's, as you know, the journey which inspires others. And then if we reach the destination and achieve it, awesome. And so many people say, like, once you reach, who was it? It was, um, I think it was uh, Lionel Richie. Maybe I heard it on your podcast. That there was a, you know, he, he, he got to a point where he was smashing it in the 80s and he got to the top of the mountain. He goes, you know what sucks? There's no one else here. No one else there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you That's know, uh, people forget to, you know, uh, celebrate the journey. Absolutely. And every single day there's something magical that happens. We experience life another day. And that's why I start, finish, and process the entire day with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, wow, there's so much good. Even if. You know, I'm going through a challenging time with my girlfriend, and it's like, man, there's a lot of tears right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of cry- crying and arguing and, fr- and not clicking. But it's like, God, this is beautiful. We're both, like, up against our walls and our buttons, and there's so much messy uncertainty, mm-hmm. but something beautiful is going to unfold. Yeah. And I want to trust the process of our lives, you know? It's like, yeah, okay, be in gratitude. But I think um, the dream is so important because I don't know life just isn't as fun without dreams yeah. and I think we forget about dreams we focus on making money or doing things we're supposed to do or whatever 
gosh, dreams make me feel alive. And that's what we did as kids before that's there it, was man. you know any any barriers. Makes me feel alive. So um, pursue and follow our dreams would be number two. The third one, hmm, the third one's you matter. I think a lot of people don't think they they're worth it. Mm-hmm. And we were all chosen to be here. Yeah. For that alone, you matter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Of course. No. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. But for years, yeah. I didn't think I mattered. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I strived to achieve so much so that I could be acknowledged that I would mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. And I remember I would achieve everything, and I was like, I'm still not fulfilled or happy. Like, why? Like, I don't feel like I matter still. Yeah. And it's because I didn't just choose and decide that I matter. Mm-hmm. It's like I was waiting for everyone else to validate. I mean, when they did, even when they did validate, I still didn't believe it. Yeah, you let the world decide. Exactly. And I was just always unfrustrated and unfulfilled. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, we were chosen for whatever reason to be on this planet. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know. As the school of greatness continues to grow and evolve, Lewis's definition of greatness has also evolved. Evolving definition of greatness. I'll update the language function. Yeah, when I was younger... I think it was my definition was like being a professional athlete or like mm-hmm. just achieving my goal as an athlete would be greatness and then I think at one point it was probably like make a lot of money like make a lot of money and be able to provide for my family or something you know mm-hmm. and now it's um, to discover and pursue your dreams right and make the maximum impact on people you can in that pursuit mm-hmm I think that's again. It comes back to dreams. I don't know what the point of life is without a dream, or and maybe at some point we're not going to know what our dream is. But discovering and pursuing to figure it out, yeah, and then impacting people, living in service in that pursuit. As impressive as Lewis's journey and success are, they are just the beginnings of his story. As his inspirational creativity spreads worldwide, it's clear that just like Superman, Lewis is creating a legacy that comes from the heart. You know. I can say what I see myself, but I'm so open to like whatever, um, you know, anything can happen mm-hmm. any day. So I'm open to going where I feel like I'm called to go yeah. to make the biggest impact right now. But if I can draw anything out and make it happen and will it myself and it's supposed to happen, I want to be um, <clears throat> the biggest curator in the world of mm-hmm. ideas, people, and products. Nice. I want to be, um, I don't need to be the expert or whatever, but I want to be the one that knows the people, knows the things, the products, that I'm like, yeah, that is quality. Mm-hmm. That's going to help a lot of people. Like, I can see how this will support people. Yeah. And then have the platform to give that to people. Yeah. Kind of like what Oprah has created. Yeah. But I want to be the biggest curator or facilitator in the world. That was awesome. I really want to thank Lewis for taking the time out to contribute to the first episode of Watchcast. You can find out more about Lewis on his website where you can find links to his book, his podcast, and yeah, I really recommend checking out some of his videos. I've listened to all 500 of those episodes of The School of Greatness, and it's very, very insightful. You'll agree that there's definitely something in there for everyone, even you, Bobby Bot. The conversation was the perfect complement to the 1,000 go matches I had on simultaneously.
Very inspiring. I did have a few more questions for you, Watch. What is the most important lesson you have learned from Lewis's journey? I think the most important thing that I've learned from Lewis is that I can get through anything. Um, and sometimes your, your own problems aren't as big as the world. What do you hope to achieve with WatchCast? I want to learn about digital empathy and I want to spread the word and have more contributors and have more people understanding about the fact that there are people on the other end of the keyboard and we have to empathize with them when we're dealing with them online. And what is your definition of greatness? It's constantly learning. It's growing and, yeah, bettering yourself day by day. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Be sure to tune in next week for the first half of a two-part interview with the inspirational leader and bonafide master of ceremonies, Mr. Mike King. <laughs>